So uh, today, today's daf is, uh, is daf mem vav, and uh, we're going to pick up uh, on mem hey on bay, 11 lines from the bottom. So says the Gemara, uh, we had reference in the Gemara yesterday a case about moldy bread. We talked about that it could continue to uh, be used as a leavening agent. So now we're talking about a different halacha that has to do with moldy bread. Tanar Abanan, hapas she'ifsha, that if you had, if you had bread uh, that became spoiled, it became moldy. And it was no longer edible to humans, uh, meaning a person wouldn't eat it. Uh, but yet, a dog would still be willing to eat it. So it's not nifsom achilas kelev. So the halacha is mitama tumas ochlim bechabeya that uh, it is still uh, in our, since it was originally a food, it still retains its food designation, and therefore uh, um, it is capable of being mitame other things. And as we know. The measure, it's a machlok is about what it takes to be, for food to become tame, but everyone would agree that in order for food to be metame something else, it has to be at least the size of a chebeya. So we'll say that as long as you have an egg-sized uh, piece of this moldy bread, it is still going to be capable of transmitting tuma to something else because it still has its food designation. However, the Tanakama continues and says, but there is a, there's an element that it's different than regular food, Vinisrafes imatmeya bepesach. That uh, we know that on 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 Daf Yodalad and Daf Tesvav in this Masechta we talked about the idea Machlokz Reb Meir and Reb Yossi about whether you could burn a truma that is tahar together with things that are tamei. And the idea would be that um, that uh, so that was Machlokas over there. However, even Reb Yossi there who said that you cannot uh, burn a truma that is tar, that is tahar. With things that are tame, because even though it's, it's the time to destroy the chametz, he said you could not do it. In this case, he would agree. If we're talking about moldy bread, then the, the reality is that even though it is still considered ochel, and we're still saying that it could be metamet tumas ochlin with the size of a beya, nonetheless, if you wanted, uh, you could destroy it together with things that are tame, uh, because it has, I guess, some kind of degraded status as food. So that's the Tanakhama. When Shum Rabbi Nasan Amru, in the name of Rabbi Nasan, they said, that it's not metama, because at the end of the day, if uh, once it is nifsol, uh, this is going back on the ratio, the question about whether it can be metama, other things, because it still has status as its food, Rabbi Nassim would hold that once it is ceases to be something that human beings would eat, and it's something that only a dog would eat, so at that point it loses its designation as food, and it would not be metama, other things, in the category of food. So ask the, so that's a machlokas between the Tanakam and Rabbi Nassim, ask the Gemara, keman azla hadisnan, like which of these opinions, or like whose opinion does it go, this that we learned in a Mishnah, that we say, klal amru b'taharos, they said as relates to things that are tahar, kol hamiyuchad la'ochel adam tamei, uh, 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 that anything that's designated at some point for the, for, for to be eaten by people, that it's tamei atshe yifso milacha that it retains the ability to become tame and to be metame other things until it ceases to be edible even for a dog. So the Gemara says, come on, like who? The Lok Reb Nassim. It's obviously going not like Reb Nassim, but rather like the Tanakama because the Tanakama was the one who said that it still retains its status as food uh, even after it ceases to become edible for human beings. And therefore, obviously, it, he would be the one who says that when it becomes, it's, it, you have to wait until the stage where it ceases to be edible even for a dog. Whereas Rabbi Nassim is the one who said that once it ceases to be edible for a person, you don't need to wait till it's inedible for a dog, and rather it loses its status at food at that point. So obviously, this Mishnah about Taharos 
is talking, is going according to the opinion of the Tanakama. Okay, another halacha. Tanra Banan, Arevas Ha'abdonin, Shenason Latocho Kemach. So you have an Areva, we've been talking about this, is different kinds of trough. Yesterday we talked about one that you mix a dough in. Now we're talking about one that an uh, ibud is the process of tanning hides, uh, which as we know from other sources over that uh, we've learned many times, that it was a very, uh, Dirty and smelly uh, exercise of, uh, of of tanning hides, but they used to tan hides in this trough. So what happened? That evidently part of the process of tanning hides was they would use flour in there. So you have this uh, tanning trough, and you put in it shenasanotocha uh, kamach. You put in it flour. So the question the the the, the Bryce says as follows: If you put in the flour within the three days preceding the point on which you can no longer have chametz, then that flour becomes chametz right away, and it's not yet uh, it's not yet um, disqualified. And therefore, if it's if you did that within the three days preceding the point in which you can't have chametz, you're going to have to go and destroy this chametz like any other chametz you have. Um, but if you did it more than three days before Pesach, you don't need to uh, to destroy it because at that point. The, uh, uh, so, uh, the, the Tanakhama, the way Rashi understands, he was saying that if it's within three days, whether there are hides in there or not, uh, you have to be, you have to, you have to do Bir Chametz. But before three days, uh, you do not have to, you do not have to, uh, do Bir Chametz, even if you never put hides in there. Why? Because the trough itself, at a certain point, uh, disqualifies the flower. Once it's been in there for three days, uh, the the smelliness or the the the, the foulness of the uh, of the uh, trough would make it such that you no longer need to do beer chametz. I'm Reb Nassin. Rabbi Nassin said, "I'm going to disagree." But when was this said? That Reb Nassin agrees that there is a concept of three days, but he says, "When does that three days apply?" That uh, that that's only as long as you didn't put in skins to 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 tan them, and therefore. If it's just the trough there that's disqualifying the food, so disqualifying the flour, so that takes three days. But according to the, and the Tanakama would say, it takes three days to disqualify the flour, whether there are hides in the trough or they're not. Rabbi, Yossi, um, Rabbi Nassim is saying no, that it's only if there are, if there are no hides in the trough that it takes three days to disqualify, but if there are, uh, uh, it, that's only if you didn't put in the oros. Have a on the oros, but if you've actually put, uh, hides into this trough to tan them, afilu tosh in that basically as soon as the hides get in there, you no longer need to do beer chametz on this flower. Rashi says, uh, because, uh, that it's bitlamitaras chametz. So it seems to be that Rashi's saying that according to Rabbi Nassim, once you put the flower in the trough with the hides, You've removed it from a status as food and you've made it into something that is part of the tanning process so it no longer becomes chametz. Others understand that when you put, I think the Meiri is this way, that when you put in the, when you put the hides into the, um, in, 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 into the trough, the hides themselves uh, make the uh, flour uh, uh, nifsal disgusting and therefore uh, it would cease to be chametz. But in any event, Rabbi Nussin's of the opinion, as soon as you put in hides, uh, uh, the flower would be disqualified. The distinction of three days or longer has to do with the fact just the areva itself, if you put it in, if you put the flower in, even with no hides after three days, it would cease to become chametz because the trough makes the flower disqualified eventually. Amar Rava, Rava says, halacha krab nasan, the halacha is like Rabbi nasan, that afilo yomecha v'afilo shahachas, 
as soon as, even if it's one day or even if it's one hour that you put in the flour, if you subsequently put in the hides, it immediately becomes disqualified. So Rava Paskins like Rabbi Nassim. Okay, says the Gemara. The, the, we're picking up on the Mishnah and it's probably worth just uh, very quickly reviewing the structure of the Mishnah on Memhei. Uh, Memhei Amad Aleph. So we say, but well, we said that if you have flour that's in the cracks of this uh, trough that you were using for mixing flour. So we said it depends. Is there a Kezayis or not? So that was the question we dealt with yesterday. If it's more than a kazayas, and then we're talking obviously, uh, we, we talked about exactly what the cases were, but there were different, depending where in the trough it was that we were discussing, but there was a part of the trough where we said, if it's a kazayas, then uh, it, it is chashuv, it is something that is usr on Pesach, and you're going to have to take it out or away from the trough because you have to do bir chametz. However, if it's less than a kazayas, you don't need to take it out. So the ratio of the Mishnah was distinguishing, is something a kazayas or it's not a kazayas? So then the Mishnah continues and says, v'chein le'inyin tumah, and so too to tumah. So the implication would be, so too by tumah, it's a question of kazayas or not. But then the Mishnah continues and says, and, and, and says, in makbidal of chotzeis, if you, if you're makbid, if you care that the dough is there, it's, it's a chatzitza, and, but if you, but if, if, uh, and you would like it to be gone, it's a chatzitza, but if you want it, vimrotsu bikiyumo, you want it to be there, harehi kareva, it's like the areva. So the Gemara is gonna pick up on that and say, wait a second, you say, so too is the halacha by tumma, meaning you would assume that that means that it's a distinction whether it's a kazais or not, and then the Mishnah proceeds to talk about whether you care whether it's there, whether you're makbid on it. So what does it mean, v'chein le'inyan tumah? And then you discuss about uh, hakpada, wouldn't it be a distinction between kazayas or not? So that's what the Gemara is going to pick up on the structure. Says the Gemara, mi dami, mi dami, hasam b'shiura talya milsa, hacha b'kveda talya milsa. The reisha to seifa, the seifa starts, so too by tumah, it, and then it, which seems to imply kazayas or not, and then proceeds to discuss whether you're makbid or not. So I'm Rev Yehuda, Yehuda said, you're right. So rather than say so too by tuma, rather say by tuma, it's not. It's not dependent on whether it's a kazayas or not. It's actually dependent on whether you're makbit or not. So it says the Gemara Amalaya Wait a second. How could you say it means uh katani? It says so too by tuma. So don't tell me it's talking about not tuma, but that tuma is different. It says tuma, the halacha is the same. So the question the Gemara has is again. It seemed the ratio was talking about Kezayis or not, and the Seifa seems to be talking about Hakpada or not, so why would it be Vechein and so too? So El Amr Abaya, Hachi Ka'amr, so Abaya says, it's as follows, Vechein Le'inyan Siruf Tumah. So let me just explain uh, the structure of what we're going to say here, because the Gemara is going to give three answers in a row till it gets to a final answer, but they're all of similar structure. So the way the Gemara is going to understand it is that we had the Mishnah. The Mishnah distinguished between a Kezayis or not in this mixing trough that we talked about yesterday. And then it's going to say, V'chein le'inyin tumah, so too by tumah, which has to do on Pesach, that on Pesach, Tuma is the same issue that it depends whether it's a Kezayis or not. So that's kind of like an in-between statement, which is a follow-on on the Reisha. The Reisha says, by a mixing trough, depends whether it has a Kezayis or not. The Mishnah is then going to say, so too by Pesach. And then the latter part of the Mishnah that says, if you're Makbid, that it's Chotzitz, and if you're not Makbid, it's like the Areva, that's talking about the rest of the year. So the structure is, mixing trough, Kezayis or not, Pesach, also, Kezayis or not, is the relevant question. That's why it says Vachain. 
And then the rest of the year, it's going to be dependent on whether you're makbid on it. So I'll explain what that means, but that's the structure of the three answers that we're about to give. So it says the Gemara, So what we were trying to say is that the, the v'chein part is saying, so too it's a kezayas that matters or not when we talk about tziruf tuma. I'll explain what that means in a second. But continues the Mishnah, But the rest of the year, there's a machlov, there, there's a distinction, depends whether you're makbid on it or not. So again, three parts of the Mishnah, mixing trough, so too on Pesach it's a kezayas or not. However, the rest of the year, it depends on hakpada. So how does that work? Hechi dami, what's the case we're talking about? Kigong, the ika pachos kebeya ochlin, that you had uh, less than an egg size worth of ochlin, v'nagu b'hai batzek b'pesach, and what happened? So let's say, uh, 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 let's say you had a, 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 a mass of food, which was less than a beya, which we talked about, according to some, it can't even become tame, but according to all, it can't cause tumah until it's a beya. So let's say you had a, a food, that a, a amount of food that was a, a beya minus a kezayas. And then you touched it to this, uh, to this dough that's in, in a mixing trough on Pesach. So we're gonna say, the isuru, the isuru chashuv mitztaref. That because we learned yesterday that once the, once the dough, it, and there's the Mishnah that we learned yesterday distinguished between is it a kezayas, in which case it's a problem on Pesach, or it's not a kezayas, so it's less than a problem on Pesach. So we see that it is, according to our Mishnah from yesterday, when something is a kezayas on Pesach, it's considered chashuv, and therefore it's aser, regardless of whether you care whether it's there, whether you want it to be there, it doesn't matter. A kezayas is chashuv, and therefore you need to remove it. Again, depends where in the mixing trough it was, but wherever the Mishnah was talking about, it was saying kezayas is chashuv. So therefore we're going to say that it depends on Pesach. When you have this case, you have the mound of food that's not yet a kebeya, it's touching this dough that's in the, that's in the trough. So we're gonna say, since on Pesach, a kezayas is considered chashiv, whether you want it there or not. So when this mound of food that was missing a kezayas is now touching this kezayas, because it's chashiv and it's aser, and therefore you need to remove it from the areva, from the trough, so it has a halacha as food, it has a din as ochal. So therefore, the food, the mound of food you have combines with the food that's stuck onto the trough, and that becomes a kebeya, and therefore, and therefore it is capable of becoming tame. So if while this mound of food is touching the kezayas of dough, some other food would touch that combined mass, it would become tummy because you have a full beya there, and it doesn't matter whether you want it there or not, whether you're makbid on it or not, because it's a kezayas, it's chashav. So we see the Mishnah is saying, yesterday we learned to distinguish, is it a kezayas or not, which would make it chashav. So therefore, as relates to tziruf tumah, combining to become the size of a kebeya, we look only whether it's a kezayas or not. However, but the rest of the year, when it does not depend on kezayas or not, because kezayas or not is a Pesach halacha. It tells you that a kezayas is chashav and therefore it's chametz, you have to remove it. But the rest of the year, it's a different inquiry. The bekepeda talya milsa, that it depends on whether you're makbid. In makbid alav, if you don't want it there, meaning you, you do not see this as part of your areva. You don't see it as part of the trough. And therefore, what is it? It's food. It's dough. I have dough stuck on my trough, but I don't want it there, so I'm going to take it away at some point. So therefore, it has a halacha of food, and then it's going to be metzarev. 
Imrotsa Bekiyuma, but let's say, as we discussed yesterday, it's serving an important function there. This dough is sealing a crack. So you want to leave it there. So then you've ceased to think of it as food. You've started to think of it as part of your areva. So therefore, harehu kareva. It's like the areva. So now our Mishnah makes sense. Yesterday we learned kazayas or not. Now we're saying v'chein le'iyan tuma. So too with being mitzarev tuma on Pesach. The question is, is it a kazayas? In which case it's a chametz and it's aser, and therefore it retains its status as food, and you need to remove it from the areva. If it's less than a kazayas, you don't need to move it from the areva, and therefore it could be mashlim the shear of a beya. However, the rest of the year, it doesn't depend on Kezayis or not. It depends on whether you want it there or not. If you want it there, it is part of the Areva. It is not food, and therefore it is not Mitzar. If it doesn't combine to create the egg size, if, it, if you don't want it there, whether it's, uh, and all of this about Hakpadas, whether it's a Kezayis or not, if you don't want it there, it's considered food and therefore would be Mitzar. Okay, so now we've explained the structure of the Misnah. But asked, asked, uh, asked the Gemara, mask, uh, on Abaya, Maskevla Rava, Rava said to Abaya, Mikatani Mitztarif, you're talking, you're saying that Vechein Le'inyan Tuma is talking about Siruf Tuma. But the Mishnah continued and said, well, it depends. If you, if you're Makvid, it's Chotzitz. And if you're not Makvid, it's not Chotzitz. It has to do with Chatzitza. Vahachotzitz Ketani. So you're describing something to do with Siruf, with does the, mound of food combined with the dough that's in the trough, that has nothing to do with chatzitza. Chatzitza is, is separation, is, is interposition, something that's, that's, uh, that's in the way generally of being tovel something. So that does not a good answer. So Elam Rava, Rava says his own answer, same structure but different answer. V'chein, when it says V'chein le'yin tumo, is talking about lahalos tahara le'areva. What we're talking about here is it's saying, so too is the halacha by Tuma and Tahara, which is if you're trying, if you're Areva, if your, um, your, your mixing trough became Tame and you want to make it tar, so what do you need to do? You need to tovel it in the mikvah. So therefore it's saying, hey, dummy, kigon da atmi ha, the itme hach Areva, that the Areva, the trough itself became Tame, uboilat pule, and you want to be tovel it, be pesach, so on pesach, the isure chashiv, that, that if, if we said, that if it's a kazayas, it's usur, and therefore that's the relevant measure on Pesach. Is it, a, if it's a kazayas, it's chashuv, and it's usur, and therefore it's something you need to remove. If it's something you need to remove, obviously it's not part of the areva. So therefore on Pesach, we ask ourselves, is it a kazayas, or it's not a kazayas? If it's a kazayas, you have to remove it. If you have to remove it, it's a chatzitza. However, uh, if it's less than a kazais, you would not need to remove it, and then because you don't need to remove it, it will be considered like part of the areva, and if it's part of the areva, then obviously it's not a chatzitza. So on Pesach, the halacha is, is it a kazais? So we say, but Pesach, the Yisuri Chashuv Chotis. That on Pesach, if it's a Kazayas, it's Chashuv, it's Aser, and therefore it's not part of the Areva, you have to remove it for Pesach, so therefore if you tovel it with that dough stuck on, it'll be a Chatzitza. And therefore, Tvila would not help once it's a Kazayas and it's Chashuv. However, Bashar Yemos Hashana, but the rest of the year, it depends on whether he's Makbid. Whether it's more or less than a Kazayas, if he doesn't want it there, then Chotzitz, and it's a Chatzitza because it's not part of his areva because he doesn't want it there and he intends to get rid of it. However, if Bikyumo, let's say it could be uh, four kazesim, but if you're using it to plug up the cracks and therefore you want it to stay there and you're not makbid on it and therefore harehum kareva, it would be like part of your areva and therefore if you're tovel the whole areva and that dough is still in there holding the cracks, it's fine because that dough is part of the areva. So again, structure is on Pesach, the relevant inquiry is kazayas or not. 
the rest of the year, hakpada or not. So, okay, so same structure, but now we're talking about uh, uh, about toveling the areva, where chatzitza makes more sense. Ask the Gemara, Maskafla Rav Papa, Rav Papa asked Rava, mi ketani v'chein le'inyin tahara, ha'le'inyin tuma ketani. It still doesn't fit the language of the Mishnah, because what you're describing is, if you have an areva that's tame, and you want to make it tahar, so what you're talking about is not making something tamay. You're talking about making something tahar. So why would the Mishnah have said v'chein linyan tuma? It has to do with tuma. Should have said v'chein linyan tahara. So your explanation doesn't fit with the language of the Mishnah. So it says the Gemara Elamar Papa. Papa says v'chein linyan lahorid tuma laareva. Okay, what are we talking about now? We're talking about whether or not you can make the areva tamay. So what does that mean? Hechi dami. What's the case? Kigon dinaga sharetz b'hay batzak that. You, you had, again, you had an areva, you had a, a mixing trough, you had some dough that was on it, and now a sheret touched the dough. So the question is going to be, is that dough food? In which case, the, the dough itself becomes tamay, but, uh, the, tum, it becomes tamay as food, but food cannot be metame kalem. So therefore, the dough will become tamay, but the areva, the trough that it's attached to, will not become tamay. However, if the dough is considered part of the areva itself, and it's, it's part of the overall thing, so then if a sheretz touches the dough, it's touching the areva, and therefore the whole areva would become tamay. So therefore, the question is, is the dough that's in the areva, is it food, in which case it's not part of the trough, or is it part of the trough? So we're going to say, that on Pesach, when we're saying, if it's a gazayas, it's chashuv, and it's usr, and you need to remove it from the areva, so then obviously it's going to have status as food, and if the sheretz touches it, it only makes the food tamay, it doesn't make the rest tamay. But, uh, um, so we say, because then the, the food is, is chotzes between the sheretz and the areva, because since it's a kezayah size of dough, it's considered not part of the areva, you need to remove it because it's chametz, so therefore, it's not part of the areva, and when the sheretz touches the food, only the food becomes tamay, not the areva itself. And if, conversely, if it was less than a kezayah, and therefore, it's not chashiv isra on Pesach, and therefore you don't need to remove it, or you don't need to remove it, so if it's half a kezayah and the sheretz touches it, that half a kezayah is staying with the areva, it's part of the areva, the whole areva would become tamay. So on Pesach, question is, is it a kezayah or not? But the rest of the year, we don't care whether it's a kezayah or not. But kepeda talya, it depends on whether you're makbid. In makbid love, if it's it, whether it's more or less than a kezayis. If you don't want it there and you're going to remove it, so then it's obviously food. It's not part of the areva. And we're going to say chotzeis. It, it acts as a barrier between the sheretz and the areva. So just the dough that you're planning to remove would become tummy. The areva itself wouldn't. In rotsa bekiyumo, however, if the dough is serving a function, it's plugging a, a crack, and therefore you want it there, so then it's considered part of the areva. Harehi kareva. It's, it's, it's actually an element of the areva. And if the sheretz were to touch that dough that's plugging up the crack, Crack, that dough is part of the broader areva and the whole areva would become tummy. So now we're saying, yesterday we talked about is it a kezayis or not for Pesach? We're saying as relates to making an areva tummy on Pesach, you have to ask yourself when the sheretz touches the dough, is this dough a kezayis? In which case you need to remove it and therefore it's not part of the areva and therefore only the dough becomes tummy? Or is it less than a kezayis? In which case the sheretz touches it, it's part of the areva because you don't need to remove it and the entire areva becomes tummy? Convert, so that's during Pesach. The rest of the year, it depends whether you're Makbid. If you plan to remove it, then it's not considered part of the Areva, and it's going to be a barrier from Tumah hitting the Areva. If you don't plan to remove it, 
then it's part of the areva, and if you touch the dough that's in the crack, it's going to make the entire areva tame. Says the Gemara, Batzik hacharesh. So we're going to have we're going to have dough that's deaf. So Rashi gives uh, two explanations. He says either that it's deaf or that it's it's hard like cheres, like uh, like uh, pottery. But the basic idea is um, you have dough. That, uh, Rashi says like a deaf person. You can see a deaf person. You can't necessarily tell whether they can hear or not. So you're looking at dough, which has, uh, um, not yet demonstrated signs that it became chametz, but we're concerned it might have become chametz. Rashi explains that it, that it became, it became a little bit, uh, lighter or pale, which we're going to see later is, is a relevant measure. But Rashi said it didn't start to develop cracks. So normally the measure of whether you know something is chametz is did it did it lighten and develop cracks. So here it lightened, but it didn't develop cracks. So it's it's like a deaf person. You can't fully tell what the story is. Is it chametz? It's not chametz. Is the person deaf? They're not deaf. So therefore, do we say as follows? So as follows: If you had other dough that was in the same batch, and that other dough has lightened and developed cracks, so it's clear that it's chametz or it was done at the same time. So then we're going to say that that demonstrates that it's chametz. Uh, that demonstrates that it's chametz. Okay, so this is a measure. If you have two loaves of bread, one isn't demonstrating signs, you look at the other one. If the other one is showing that it's already chametz, we assume that the first one is also already chametz. So says the Gemarim, Ein sham ki mahu. Well, okay, that's a great measure if you happen to have another loaf of bread that was cooked at the same time, that was baked at the same, that was, uh, not baked, but kneaded at the same time. But what happens if you don't have another? Which is a meal. The amount of time it takes someone to walk from Migdal Nunya to Tveria, which Reish Lakish tells us is a meal, and therefore we're gonna say a meal is 2,000 amas, which we say takes about 18 minutes uh, uh, to walk, which we're gonna see. Four meal takes 72 minutes, one meal therefore takes 18 minutes. So we're, we're saying that's, that's the measure. If it's been 18 minutes that it's been sitting out and it hasn't been, you haven't been needing it, so then we're gonna say that's enough to assume that it became chametz, whether or not we see cracks on it. So the Gemara says, okay, that's a great measure. You told us a time, but why are you telling me the time it takes to go from Migdal Nunya to Tveria, the name of meal. Why not just tell me meal? Why talk about these traveling from one place to another? The Gemara says, Hakamashwan, the Shiur de Meal, Kim Migdal Nunya, about Tveria. It's teaching you, uh, if you want, in other words, I could tell you a meal, but then you'll say, how long is a meal? So I'm explaining to you, a meal is the amount of time it takes to go from Migdal Nunya until Tveria, but basically it's saying 18 minutes. If you haven't, uh, if you haven't been working the dough, whether or not you see cracks develop, you can assume that it's actually chametz. Okay. Uh, so now, because we quoted something in the name of Avo and the name of Reish Lakish, we're going to say a different halacha. It's not really relevant to our sugi here, but in any event, we say legabel. A gabel is, uh, a gabel is someone who is, uh, uh, was hired to come need someone's dough. So you had professional needers. They would come to your house. And they would use your kalim. So let's say your kalim were tame, and he's supposed to be megabal, he's supposed to do his, his kneading, his mixing in tahara. So the, the question is, how, how far out of his way does he have to go to go bitovo your kalim so that he can mix the dough in tahara? So that's the first question. If you're traveling on the road and you need a daven, and the question is, is there a minion somewhere nearby or a shul nearby that you could go to daven in? So how far do you have to travel to go find a shul versus just daven where you are? Similarly, if you're traveling and you want to eat bread, how far do you have to go to find water? 
before you can rely on a heter, there's a heter that if you don't touch the food directly, you could do that. We don't rely on it on the first instance. So like if you hold a plastic bag to hold a sandwich, you could eat it technically. We only rely on it when there isn't water. So how, if there's no water where you are, but there's water somewhere else, how far do you have to travel to find the water? So we say all of those measures to go be tovel the person's kalim, to go daven in a shul or to wash your hands, arba milin, you have to go further for a meal, which is 72 minutes. Okay, so Amr Nach Mar Yitzhak, and Nachman Yitzhak said, you just quoted that in the name of Rebbe Avohu, in the name of Reish Lakish. It's actually not Rebbe Avohu. Uh, Evu Amra. It was Evu, not Avohu. Uh, okay. Va'arba Amarba. And he actually said four. You mentioned three. The, the mixer, the, the one who has to daven and the tears dying. But there's a fourth case. Minayu, uh, Ibud. There's another one that has to do with uh, tanning. What is that? That has to do with Azman. This non, because we learned. The Kulan She'ibdan, O She'hiluch Behen Kedei Avodo Tahoran. So what this is talking about is there are certain uh, 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 skins of animals that are considered soft and therefore edible. And if it's edible, it's capable of becoming Tameh just like meat itself. However, once it becomes hard uh, or it gets tanned, so then uh, it gets far enough in the tanning process, it ceases to be uh, treated like meat, and it becomes something that's not capable of getting tuma. So we're saying, if you have these soft skins, if you tan them, or you just, the way they would start the tanning process, is you would put the hides out on the street, people would walk on them for some amount of time, and that would start the tanning process. So we say, if you have these hides that are capable of accepting tuma because they're considered like basar, at a certain point when you're tanning them, they lose that status. So that status is when people have walked on them, kadei avoda, long enough to do the avoda of walking on it, so then it's tahar. Chutzmi ara adam, except for uh, human skin, human skin continues to be capable of accepting tumor or having tumor. Okay, so that's the mission over there. But vekama kedei what the mission says, if people have been walking on it, the amount of time it takes to do the avoda, how long is that? So to that, amrebevu, amrebyanai kedei hiluch arba milin, that it's, it's talking about four mil. 72 minutes. So again, we now have it for four halachas. If the guy needs to go be tovel the kalim, if you need a daven, if you need to wash your hands, or if you want to know how long till these soft skins lose their status, when people start walking on them, lose their status as basar and become something not capable of becoming tamay, it's 72 minutes. Okay. I'm Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Hanina. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Hanina clarified. This that we said, someone who's traveling, uh, and he needs a shul, or he needs a til siyadayim, lo chozer. He says, this that we said, he has to walk 72 minutes. We're not making him go 72 minutes out of his way. We're just saying, if you're going towards such and such place, continue on the way as long to get a shul or to get water, as long as within 72 minutes, you'll reach where there's a shul or water. But if the shul is an hour and a half away, so then you don't need to, you could just, you could just dive in where you are. You could just use the, the expedient of, of not touching the bread and you don't have to go look for the water. But basically it's saying, but if you're, if it's, if, if you have to go backwards, you have to detour out of your way, we're not going to make you go even a meal. Uh, because that already is taking you too far out of your way. So Ravacha said, we learn from that, that a meal I don't make you go out of your way, but less than a meal I will. So therefore, if it's going to take you 12 minutes out of your way to go find water or a minion or go, or, 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 or uh, water or a minion, so then I'm not going to force you to go out of your way 
But if it's, let's say, 11 minutes or 10 minutes or 8 minutes, then I'm going to make you go out of your way. And that is uh, uh, relevant at some level. Okay, says the, says the Mishnah. How am I mafresh chalo that's tome on yantiv? Now this is a fascinating question because the, the, the Mishnah is setting up, I have a real conundrum here. What's the conundrum? We know the halacha is that when you need, when you need uh, dough, you have to separate some chala for the coin. Right? Now, that's easy. You could do that on Pesach. How do you do it on Pesach? Because the concern is normally what I would do is I would mix the dough uh, or the mission uses an example of a woman who often does the mixing of the dough. The, so the woman would mix the dough normally and then she would give some of the dough to the coin. But the problem is on Pesach, um, if you're going to give the dough to the coin, by the time you get it to him or by the time he bakes it, it could be chametz. So therefore on Pesach, what would the woman do? She would make, she would make matzahs out of it and then she'd give him some of the matzah. So that's no problem because, uh, that's a great solution. But what happens when it's tummy? So Rashi, Rashi points out that we're, we're really in a conundrum about what to do here. So, haisa, that the, the dough became tummy. Since it's tummy, the chala that you're separating, the Kohen can't really eat it. What would he normally do with it during the year? If I give him dough that's tummy, he would, uh, feed it to his animal or he would burn it, use it as firewood, right? So, so, but now on Pesach, the Kohen can't eat it. So, Ketzad Mafrishino, so, Biyamtiv Shal Pesach. How am I going to separate it on Pesach? Hare Foso. I can't bake it for him the way I would normally do. Where I would, I said before, the woman would make matzahs and give him matzahs. Why not? Because since it's not royal I can't do the malacha of baking. Okay, so then maybe I should give it to the coin as dough. I'm sorry, so maybe I should destroy it. So he says, but the problem is if I make the dough and then I leave it to burn after Pesach, in the meantime, it's going to become chametz. It's impossible if you leave it for the rest of the day. It's not going to become chametz. And so you say, okay, so why don't I throw it to dogs or burn it on yomtif so that it's destroyed? You can't do that. Because the halacha is that when you have kachim that became tameh, you don't destroy it on yomtif. You can only do it after yomtif. So now I have a big problem. I have this, I have this dough that's tameh, which I can eat. I can eat tameh dough. But the issue is, how do, what do I do with the challah? I can't bake it. I can't save it till later in the day. I can't destroy it. I can't go find a coin because in the meantime, it's going to become chametz. So what do I do? So it's a real conundrum. So the Mishnah says, three opinions as to what to do. Rabbi Lezer, I mean, Rabbi Lezer says, that what you should do is not, not be mafresh the challah until you bake the challah. So I, I, I knead up the dough. I make matzah out of all of it. Even though it's Tomei, but that's fine. I can eat Tomei food. And then only later, once it's already in the form of matzah, I say, okay, this one is challah for the coin. I give it to the coin. The coin can't really do anything with it. Uh, but at least we didn't create chametz here because everything got baked. Now, what about the fact that I said before, you can't bake, uh, you can't bake, uh, uh, something. You're not allowed to do the malacha of baking if it's for no purpose on yamtiv. And since the coin can't eat it and you can't eat it because it's truma, so then how do you bake? So Rashi at this point, Rashi is going to give another answer later, but at this point Rashi says, well, we can assume that every matzah you're making, some piece of it is the coins, but you're allowed to bake it because it's some part of the matzah, right? 
the, the obvious problem is that, uh, uh, as other Mepharshim discuss, and Rashi himself is going to address, the reality is that's not normally how we do it. We don't give the coin a little piece of every matzah. We, we put the, the matzahs all in one, uh, you, if you've ever gone matzah baking, you, you put them all in that one container, and then you are mafresh you take one out. So at the end of the day, you bake that one that's going to go. Rashi's eventually going to say that because... It's true that you're baking a matzah that's going to go to the coin and is not useful on Yom Tov because he can't use it and you can't use it. But at the time you bake each matzah, you, no one said that that's the matzah that is going to go to the coin. So therefore you could bake each matzah and then eventually you're just going to give one of them to the coin. But okay, that's Rabbi Elazar's idea. Don't be mafresh chala till you've already turned it into matzah. Ben Becerra, remember Ben Becerra says, Tato Batsonin. No, you shouldn't do that because Ben Becerra presumably doesn't like the idea of the fact that at the end of the day you're making a, a, a matzah that, that uh, is going to go to waste because the coin can't use it, you can't use it. So therefore Ben Becerra says, I'll tell you what to do. Mix the chala, separate the amount of dough that you would give to the coin but then just stick it on ice, stick it somewhere cold, and the cold, the cold of the ice or the cold of wherever you put it that's cold is going to arrest the leavening, and therefore the dough is never going to become chametz. And then after after yantif, you can destroy it, right? Okay, so that's Ben Beser's answer. Uh, presumably, Rabbi Lazar didn't like it because the Mefarshim say because um, uh, we're worried that could work, but we're worried that you know maybe it's not cold enough or he's not going to put it fast enough on ice, and therefore it could become chametz. But in any event, Rabbi Lezer's idea is, bake it first, be mafresh shechala. Ben Becerra says, put it on ice. I'm Rabbi Yeshua. Rabbi Yeshua says, lo zehu chametz shemuzharin alaba bayiro bayimatzei. He says, this is not chametz they have to be concerned about. Ela mafrishta umanichta ara erev. So be mafresh shechala the regular way. Put the chala off to the side and leave it till the night time. If it becomes chametz, who cares? Because Rabbi, uh, uh, because Rabbi Yeshua is of the opinion, he says, look, you're only chayev on chametz if it's your chametz, right? But this is not your chametz because once your mafreshet is chala, it belongs to the kayanim. Now, you didn't give it to a specific coin. If you gave it to a specific coin, it would be a problem because then that coin is not allowed to keep it. But I didn't give it to any coin. It belongs to the Kohanim writ large. So it's not mine and it's not any specific coins. So says Rabbi Shua, I don't care if it becomes chametz. Let it become chametz. And after, when it's no longer yamtif, we'll destroy it. Okay, so that's the Mishnah. Three solutions. So says the Gemara, what? So Rabbi Eliezer obviously didn't want to let it become chametz. Rabbi Shua said, let it become chametz. What are they arguing about? So says the Gemara, let's say that they're arguing about Tovas Hana. What is Tovas Hana? We've encountered this concept many times. Tovas Hana is the fact that when I have Truma to be Mafresh or any of the Matnas Kuna, any of the gifts you have to give to a coin, it's my choice which coin to give it to. In fact, if my friend has, let's say, a, 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 a grandson that's a coin, because his daughter married a coin and his, his grandson is a coin, he could actually pay me money to give uh, whatever it's worth, because I can choose which coin to give it to. He says, here, here's a few dollars, give it to my grandson, the coin. So someone could do that. So therefore, that's Tovas Hana. So, the, so we're going to say that they're arguing about Tovas Hana. The Rabbi Eliezer, Salva Rabbi Eliezer holds Tovas Hana Maman. The fact that I could receive money from someone to give it to someone means that I have a certain ownership in this in this Matnas Kuna. It's true that it belongs to the coin, but I have a monetary interest in it. So therefore, 
I cannot take Rabbi Yeshua's solution. We're saying that Rabbi Eliezer would say, I can't let it become chametz because while it's true that it belongs to the Kohen, it also a little bit belongs to me because I have matnas kahuna in, in any, uh, in, in, in true, in chala that's going to be separated. And therefore I can't let it become chametz. Rabbi Yeshua says, Rabbi Yeshua says, Tovas hana, enomaman. Rabbi Yeshua would say, yes, it's true that you could pick the coin. You could even get a little bit paid for it. But at the end of the day, that's not an ownership interest in the chala itself. And the reality is the chala is, belongs to the coin, and therefore Rabbi Shu would say, I don't care if it becomes chametz. So the Gemara says, not necessarily low, it could be the Kuli, maybe everyone holds that Tovaz is not money. So then why does Rabbi Eliezer not let me, uh, why does Rabbi Eliezer not let me do Rabbi Shu's idea and let it become chametz and who cares because it's not mine? So he says, they're arguing about hoil. Hoil means since. So we, we have many times we talk about since, but the basic idea here is we're going to say since something could happen that would make it my matzah, my, my chametz, therefore even before that thing happens, I'm not allowed to keep it. What is that? The Rabbi Eliezer, Sava Rabbi Eliezer holds, Amrin on Hoel, Rabbi Eliezer would say, here's the problem, Rabbi Shua. I agree with you. Theoretically, you could make it, let it become chametz and it's not mine. But the problem is, Chala is just like any other matnas kuna or hektish. When I say that it's, that it belongs to hektish or I say this is chala, it be, it's, it's basically like a nether. It's like I, my, my, my verbal declaration makes it such that it becomes chala. So it's like any other nether. And what is the halach of a nether? If I, if I decide I want to go to a chacham and be matir nether, nether, then it's undone. So therefore, Rabbi Shua was the one who said, let it become chametz. Who cares? Rabbi Eliezer says, I can't go along with that. That's why I need to bake it first. Because while it's true that it belongs to the kohanim, if I wanted to, I could go be matir nether. If I would be matir nether, the chametz would belong to me. And therefore, I have a monetary stake in this chametz. And so for that reason, we say, uh, Rabbi Eliezer says, I, I can't rely, I can't let you make it chametz like Rabbi Yeshua said, rather you have to bake it first. Rabbi Yeshua says, Rabbi Yeshua holds, lo amrin and ho. We don't, I mean, that's funny, like why would you assume that just because he could go be matar nether, therefore it's chametz, Rabbi Yeshua is comfortable letting it become chametz. Okay, so we've been introduced to the concept of hoel, and for the rest of today's daf, we're going to talk about hoel in other contexts. Itmar, we learned as follows, ha'ofem yamtuf lechol, someone who's baking, who's cooking from yamtuf to chol. So we know you cannot bake, you cannot cook, you cannot, you can't, you can't do malach of cooking on yamtuf for the weekday. You know, I'm not, if today is Wednesday and it's yamtuf, I can't prepare my Thursday morning breakfast on yamtuf. That's a din de araisa. Because, uh, uh, presumably I'm, 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 according to, most opinions, uh, uh, of the, the way that we shown him learn the sugya. But, okay, so I cannot, I cannot bake from Yamtiv to Chol. So what happens if it's toward the end of Yamtiv? It's Yamtiv afternoon, Wednesday afternoon. I've already eaten lunch. I ate breakfast. I'm not eating anymore today. And then I go and I bake stuff on Yamtiv for tomorrow. So the question is, so I'm really doing something wrong because I'm preparing tomorrow's breakfast. So Rav Chistam, or Loka Rav Chistam says, okay, you get Malkus because you did an Isser. You're not going to eat it today. It's true, if you are baking for today, you could bake, but you can't bake for tomorrow, so therefore you get Malkus. Rabba Amar Rabba says, in a loka, you don't get Malkus. Uh, so what's the reason? Ruchista Amar Loka, Ruchista says, Loka, Lo Amrin, and Ho, Mukhlo, Le, Orchim, Chazile. Because Ruchista says, at the end of the day, 
you finished eating, you don't need any more food for Yantif, you're preparing it for Thursday morning breakfast, you're Chayev. The fact that maybe guests are going to come along still on Wednesday afternoon while it's still Yantif and they're going to eat this food, that doesn't change it because it, it, we don't assume that guests are going to come and you did something wrong, therefore you get Malkus. Rabba Amar Rabba says, Enoloka, he doesn't get Malkus. Why? Because I'm reading Ho, we say Ho, we say that since maybe guests are going to show up Wednesday afternoon when it's still Yantif, and if guests were to show up, of course, he would feed them the food he already prepared for tomorrow morning's breakfast. So therefore, it turns out that there's a scenario under which the baking that he did was at least technically permissible, and therefore, we're not going to give him Malkus. Okay, so Machlokas, Ruchista, and Rabbah. So Amrle Rabbah, Ruchista. So Rabbah says Ho'il, and Ruchista doesn't. So Rabbah said to Ruchista, Lidi dacht Amin lo Amin and Ho'il, according to you that we don't say Ho'il, that since guests might come, Heyach ofim yantif l'shabbos. So if you're saying that Midaraisa, I cannot prepare food from Yantif to Ho'il, so at least according to me, where I'm saying since there's Ho'il, that uh, uh, guests might come, so then the only reason not to do it is that the Rabbanan are saying, Technically, you could do it mid because maybe guests will come, but it's not the right thing to do. So therefore, don't do it. However, they would say, uh, on, on, when Yomtev, we know if, if Yomtev is Friday and, and you want to prepare for Shabbos, that we're allowed to do with Erev Tavshilun. So he says, according to, uh, so, he, so he says, according to me, it makes sense why you could bake Yomtev to Shabbos when Yomtev is Friday, because mid so it's not a problem to bake because maybe Orchim are going to come. The fact that the Rabbanon tell you not to do it on, when it's preparing for Shabbos, they bypass that Isser. But according to you, that it's Aser Minatora, because there's no Ho'il, it's Aser Minatora to prepare from Yomtev to another day, how do you prepare, even with an air of Tavshilin, how do you prepare on Friday for Shabbos? So Amrleh, he said, Misham Tavshilin. He said, no, because there's air of Tavshilin. So ask the Gemara, well, wait a second, Misham Eriwi Tavshilin, Sharirin Isur Daraisa. If I'm, if you're telling me there's no Ho'il, and therefore preparing on, on Yomta for any other day, what difference does it make if I do Erev Tavshilin? Erev Tavshilin is a rabbinic invention. At the end of the day, if I'm not allowed to prepare Yomtev to another day, I should not be able to prepare for Shabbos, even when Yomtev falls on Friday before Shabbos. So I'm relay. He said back to him, Rav Chista said, I don't say Ho'il, and I still let it happen. Why? Because Midarai said, Tzarech Shabbos, Nasim Yomtev. Because... He agrees that Midaraisa you could prepare from Yamtif to Shabbos, but only Yamtif to Shabbos, not Yamtif, not Wednesday to Thursday, because Wednesday to Thursday we don't say Ho'il, and you're not allowed to prepare, and it would be Isser Daraisa. That would be his view, and that's why you're loka. However, preparing from Yamtif to Shabbos, that's actually permitted Midaraisa. Why? Because uh, uh, we see, Rashi points out, that Yamtif is referred to as Shabbos, and therefore, Yom Tov and Shabbos share a common halacha. And therefore, when you're preparing on Friday for Shabbos, it's, it's, you're preparing on Yom Tif for Shabbos, which is all in one category with Yom Tif. So he says it's okay. So according to Rav Chista, only okay from Friday to Shabbos. Why do we need Erev Tavshilon then? Because the Chazal said, I don't want you to get mixed up, so we make Erev Tavshilon. So why did, so once it's Mutter Midaraisa to cook from, from Yantif to Shabbos, why do I make them do Erev Tavshilon? So the Rabbanon made Xera, they didn't want people cooking from Yantif for another day, because even if it's Shabbos, because maybe they'll cook for Chol, however, once the Rabbanon said that you could make Erev Tavshilon, Islay Hakera, there's a hacker. So what are we left with? That why can you prepare? Everyone agrees you can prepare from uh, 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 Friday to Shabbos. 
So uh, Rabba would say, because Friday to Shabbos is just like Wednesday to Thursday. Midaraisi, you're allowed because maybe guests will show up. And just Chazal didn't want you to do it, to rely on Ho'il. So on Wednesday to Thursday, they say you can't do it. From Friday to Shabbos, they say you could do it as long as you do Erev Tavshilan, um, to, to make that distinction. Uh, Rav Chista would say, no, Wednesday to Thursday is Asr Midaraisa. There is no Ho'il. I don't, can't say that just because guests will come. However, Friday to Shabbos is allowed because all in that category of combined Shabbos Yamtif. And why do I require Tavshilan just so that there should be a hacker? Okay, says the Gemara, Eisve, he asked another kash on Ruchista, Behema Hamasukenes, that if you have a Behema that's in, uh, uh, it, it's almost, it, it, it's close to dying, it has some kind of thing that's gonna cause it to die, and what happens if it dies, this is on Yamtiv, if it dies, uh, it's gonna be Nevela, and you can't eat it, so you wanna shecht it very quickly. So you have a Behema Hamasukenes, Lo Yishchat Elekadesh, Shiyachu Lechol Hemenekazayis Tzalimim Yom. So what, so the halacha is, you can actually go ahead and shecht it, as long as there's enough time to shecht it, and Rashi says to, to skin it, and cut it up, and bake it, and eat it, uh, cook it, and eat it, it, as long as there's enough time to do that, you're allowed to do it. Uh, Even though you're not hungry, you don't need it, it's right before the end of Yom Tif, because since I could eat it if I want. So says Rabba, Bishlam Aludidi Damri Ho'il, so according to me, it says Ho'il, then I would say, since if I want, I could eat this kezayis of meat, so as long as there's enough time to eat the kezayis, that explains why I could do it. That's why I could check. But according to you, who we can't rely on whole, that maybe I'm, since I could eat it, so then what's your rationale for allowing, allowing me to shecht? Why can you shecht? So Amrlay, if you don't say Hoil, why do you why do you let me shecht? Amrlay, so Nachman said to me, Shem Hefsim Mamono, because otherwise he's going to lose money. So that's Rifchista's answer. So Rabbi says, Mishim Hefsim Mamono Shemina Nisur Deraisa. Wait a second, you're telling me that to shecht on Yamtif for after Yamtif is an Isur Deraisa, and you're telling me because I'm going to lose money, I could do it. Since when does losing money allow us to be over on a Deraisa? So Amrlay, Rifchista said back in, yes, Mishim Hefsim Mamono Gavar Gamar Belibo Lachol Kizayis. He says, I'm going to let you shecht for, for, for bitl moment. Why? Because minat Torah, I could tell myself, even though I'm not hungry, even though I wasn't planning to eat it, I'm going to force myself to eat it. I'm going to actually go ahead and eat the kezayis. I'm not relying on a whole wheel that I could eat it. I'm actually saying I'm going to eat it. And, and, and when I'm saying I'm going to eat it, uh, uh, therefore, we're going to say that I'm gummer belibo that I'm going to eat it. What's the only way I could eat a kezayis of meat? I can't eat... I can't eat it if it's not shechted and cut up and, and prepared. So therefore I shechted, cut up and prepared. Rav Chisa says, it's not because I'm relying on whole that I could eat it. I'm relying on the fact that since I commit myself that I'm going to eat it, so therefore we allow you to do it. But generally speaking, we wouldn't allow you to do it because we don't like you to prepare from a Yom Tif But if it's a case of Hefzid Mamon, therefore we're going to allow you to go ahead and do it. So Rabbah holds of Ho'il that I could do it. Rav Chisa is saying Ho'il doesn't work. But if I say I'm going to do it, that's enough, and I'm able to do the malacha on Yantuk because there's Hafsid Mamu.